Your news programme every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. At 8.19, the Health Ministry's been pushing a telemedicine bill for some time. It's likely to be put forward again during the new National Assembly that opened this week. But a furious doctor's response presents a significant obstacle. Now, for a global perspective, Professor Howard Foreman is the director at Yale School of Public Health's Healthcare Management Programme and joins us live on the line. Good morning to you from Seoul. Hi, good morning. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks for joining us. Can you start with a quick definition of telemedicine and, and how the field is transforming healthcare? So it's really a catch-all term that uh, applies to the use of any type of telecommunications, typically alongside healthcare IT, you know, healthcare information technology, uh, in delivering some type of patient care. Uh, and it's been broadly used as a term over the last two decades or even more but it's still a very, very small and nascent industry. But they're saying, uh, this is according to BCC research, that by the end of the year, remote monitoring and telemedicine applications uh, could reach $27.3 billion globally, and that's double the level in 2011. So we're certainly seeing steady growth. Right. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to minimize it to nothing, but remember, the United States is a... Uh, is effectively a three trillion dollar healthcare economy all by itself, and so uh, you know it's still a very, very small drop in the water mm. at the moment. If we were to look at some of those applications, though, you can see how with diabetes, for example, uh, checking blood sugar levels, chronic illnesses where a doctor and a patient have an established relationship, that's where telemedicine really comes into its own, presumably. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways telemedicine comes into its own. What you're talking about, I think, are are truly, you know, interacting with the patient directly. And that's what's, you know, a tiny, tiny part of the market right now. A much bigger part of the market are things like uh, interactions between physicians where, you know, teleradiology, which for the last 15 years has been a multi-billion dollar industry where images can be interpreted by any radiologist anywhere in the world and reports made available so that a radiologist reading images in Pakistan or in uh, Seoul at, at uh, you know, two in the morning uh, in the United States is reading it during their own working day at two in the afternoon where they are. So, there's a lot of uh, ability of, of uh, time leaping and, you know, working within normal working hours by doing things like teleradiology. Teledermatology has taken off over the last decade, and now there are thriving teledermatology practices. There are telestroke programs where centers of excellence that are able to take care of stroke patients are able to coordinate care for either more rural hospitals or just smaller hospitals that are taking care of stroke mm. patients on the ground. And as you point out, there's all different types of telemetry devices where, you know, somebody can monitor diet, you know, a, a blood glucose level in a patient that might be halfway around the world. 
What you said first there, this idea of doctors speaking to each other, that could, in theory, be a major pro in terms of ensuring a more accurate diagnosis. Yeah, so I think, I mean, I think without a doubt, one of the greatest possibilities and opportunities that we have is the ability to take doctors who are, you know, currently little islands among themselves and not necessarily having the ability to immediately consult a specialist on a given patient. And now they have the ability to immediately consult with a physician without even having to have that patient go into another doctor's office. Uh, and so that opportunity, I think, is a great one, and I think that's going to grow as well. You also mentioned dermatology, though. I, I, do you mean a, a kind of visual examination of, of skin via yeah, a remote so, camera so, or something? Know, of, yeah, so one of the greatest you know, frustrations, I think, in U.S. medicine is how very common conditions are still difficult to diagnose so that a family practitioner may see a patient with a skin condition, a rash, or, or some type of acne, but is not quite certain about what they, what are the next steps to do or how they might manage it. And typically in the U.S. system, at least, the patient gets referred to a dermatologist and t typically adds several weeks into the interaction, adds much in terms of dollars, and is also inconvenient for the patient. And in many cases, taking an image or a series of image, images and sending them to a teledermatologist can help obviate the need for additional unnecessary consultation. Mm. I mean, we are then relying as well, though, on the patient to, to ensure consistent light conditions and, uh, and just the quality of the, the image itself for, for an accurate diagnosis. I mean, a, a pink could look rather more red in the flesh, for example. Yeah, no, so I, I think that is the challenge for these practices, but they have been working them out. And it's not relying on the patient, it's relying on the primary care provider, typically a family physician, who's going to be the one that's going to be looking at the skin, who's going to be taking a good history, and who's going to be con conveying the images back to the dermatologist, mm. and frequently having to take additional images, but therefore still trying to obviate what is a much more expensive second consultation. And just sticking with this example, but using it really for all manner of examinations, when checking the skin, actual touch is also important, isn't it? And, and that could be said for a whole range of uh, queries that patients might have. If we become reliant somehow on telemedicine or if it becomes a trend, is there a concern that we'll be um, depriving patients of the value of, of a physical exam? I, I guess in my in my view of it, I don't believe that that's the direction that we're heading. I don't think we're going to stop patients from having interactions with their physicians. I think what we're going to be able to do is capture higher-level specialty care when it's necessary. If I'm a patient that's living in a rural part of the United States and I have a rare condition, I have the choice of going to a center of excellence that might be you know, 1,600 kilometers away from me, and having to do that on a regular basis, typically involving air travel, very expensive and probably only affordable to a rich person. Yes. Or, or I can have the ability to have a specialist overseeing my care with my primary care provider, and that specialist might be the world's expert in my disease. Well, th there's and obvious most people, 
Yeah. I, I, we were limited on time, but there's obvious demand for that anyway because we're, we're seeing there's a whole range of websites dedicated to this where doctors will be sought for second opinions. So this, in a sense, would regulate and officialise what's already happening. But doctors here in Korea are very concerned on a number of grounds thinking along the lines of misdiagnosis, but also some doctors of smaller clinics are worried that they're going to lose patients to bigger hospitals. Does this all come down to money? What are your thoughts on that? I, I think the same, same basic behavior happens in the United States as well. I think physicians and any type of professional does feel somewhat threatened when the ground that they're walking on is being disrupted. I do not see this as a lethal threat to the practice of physicians. I think that this is something that will make their practice better and that will ultimately allow more efficient care delivery. And I think what we must stay focused on is not so much trying to make sure physicians are comfortable with this, but what do we think really delivers the best care for patients and it provides that care to the largest base of patients possible. Professor Foreman, thank you so much for joining us today. Good luck with your efforts in keeping this helpful um, rather than taking over the, uh, the world and indeed the, the healthcare system where you're working. All right, take care. Howard Foreman from Yale University. We welcome listener feedback on this directly. Would you trust Korea's technology? We've seen the problems with ActiveX when it comes to online shopping. Um, would you trust Korea's technology to actually get through to the doctors you need to see, but then in terms of handling your personal, sometimes very sensitive data, you can text us pound or sharp 1013 for 51 per message. Otherwise, it seems like there's a lot of benefits about this, at least to have a, a highly educated second opinion. We'll be right back.